Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Hot podcast. This is episode 455 for the 29th of Shvat in a regular year. And we are still in the middle of chapter 29. We're going to be here for a little while for the next few days. And before we begin, I would like to tell you guys a story which I heard several years ago. And I don't want to attribute it to any particular rabbi because I could not, I, I searched for this story over Google and was not able to find a source for it. So I don't want to falsely attribute it to anybody, <laughs> but, um, and I don't even know if it actually happened. That's, that's the truth. But if this story sounds familiar to anybody and you do know a source for it, please do let me know in the comments on YouTube. You can send me a message, however you want. So basically the story goes that there was a rabbi who was also being trained in psychology, specifically to be a psychotherapist. And it sounds like it was mainly in psychoanalysis. And in order to become a therapist, you need to go undergo therapy yourself. That's how it usually works. So in one of the sessions of the psychoanalysis, the therapist asked this rabbi and said to him, can you tell me all of your deepest, darkest desires? And the rabbi took out a the Bible, specifically to the book of Vayikra, and opened it up to the section where it talks about all kinds of different things, all kinds of different transgressions that are really severe transgressions like murder, bestiality, there's homosexuality in there, uh, adultery, all kinds of different things like that. And the therapist looks at this rabbi who's a very holy man, and he was really confused. And he said, what? <laughs> he said, this is not, this is extremely unexpected. You want to tell me that you have desires for bestiality, <laughs> for murder? Like what, what? And the rabbi said to him, he said, well, if I didn't, they wouldn't be listed in here because God would not command us things unless there was a reason for them to be commanded. So whether this story is true or not, again, I don't know. I don't know its source or where it came from. There is truth to the story in the sense, and this is what we're going to be learning about today, that whether revealed or not, when we recognize the fact that as a Benoni or as somebody striving to be a Benoni, as we've been learning, your true self-identification is actually with your animal soul. This is something that we need to become very, very conscious of and never get too comfortable with just letting ourselves like go with the flow or just being our true self and authentic self as is often celebrated in today's modern age. Uh, this actually is a very dangerous path to go by to indulge in every impulse and every desire that we have because it could eventually lead us down really scary and dangerous paths. So this is what we are going to talk about today in, in the Tanya and about how 
even if a person at this moment may not feel a desire for murder or adultery or bestiality or things like that or, or stealing or, or whatever these things are, whatever was listed in, in that book and whatever God forbids us from doing, like right now we might feel horrified by those kind of things. If we don't keep our animal in check somewhat, there is really no limit to where the animal soul can take us, which is a very scary thought to think about, but it's uh, it's it's something that is good to be aware of. So it's again to bring back the twelve steps, which I've talked about before. This is I've mentioned how a, a friend of mine is in the twelve step program for an addiction, and she has told me that even though at this point she's been doing it for years and years and years, and she no longer craves her addiction, like whatever it is that she's addicted to. However, she still recognizes that it is extremely important for her to continue to work the steps, 12 steps day after day after day and never just let herself be, be too comfortable because she recognizes that at any moment she can fall. And at any moment, this ten, these tendencies that she has are still there. So she may not be an active addict anymore, but the tendencies are there. And on some level, this is really true for all of us that we are meant to live a very active life. And if we don't stay active, it's, you know, it's kind of like people give that analogy of like being on an escalator is like, if we don't keep walking up that escalator, we're going to go down. And that's just the nature of reality. And it's just, just the nature of how God created us. So let's get into the text and see how the Ultra Rebbe explains it. So the Ultra Rebbe says, that with this, so meaning leaving off from last time, we learned about this idea of we contrasted the identity of the Benini with the identity of the Tzaddik. So we said that the we we uh, we came to understand through, through looking at Hillel the Elder and how he really identified first first and foremost with his godly soul, and that it was actually a chore for him to eat. So Tzaddikim, their true identity and self identification is with the godly soul. And then today, the Ultra Rabbi begins by uh, reminding us that for the Benanim, uh, by contrast, since their animal soul that comes from the Sitra Achar that is uh, vested within their flesh, within their blood and their flesh, has not been transformed totally into good the way it has been with Siddiquim, then this animal soul is the man. It's like that. that's how we identify the man is, is through their animal soul. That's the definition of the self. So again, so for Siddiquim, the definition of their self is the godly soul. However, for uh, Benanim, their definition of their self, or we can say their ego, maybe is their animal soul. And thus, this makes the Benanim very far from God. Far from God with like at the utmost distance from God. Because the power of desire that is in the, his animal soul could also come to desire all kinds of forbidden things that are against the will of God. Even if he doesn't actually desire to do them in actuality, for real, God forbid, just they're not totally disgusting for him in a real way, like with Sadiqim, for example. You can think about this also in terms of like fantasies. You know, sometimes people are married and then they, uh, then they, they're at work and they fantasize about being with somebody else, even though they would never actually act on it. Even the mere act of having this kind of fantasy or having this impulse goes to show that their animal soul is really, really strong within them. And so now the now get back to the text. So now the ultra but says that with this, the fact that this these desires that we have are so strong and alive and well within us, this makes the person 
worse and lower and more lowly than all of the animals, the impure animals and the insects and reptiles, as we spoke about previously. So this was a few episodes ago. Uh, we spoke about this idea about how a person who sins is actually way worse than an animal because an animal is created in such a way they don't have free will. And this is how how God created them. So it's not really their fault. But when a man does something that is against God God's will, that actually makes them way worse than any animal because we do have free will. And God expects more of us. And this is here, the altar of it brings the same citation that he had brought previously from Tehillim, chapter 22, 7, where it says, which literally means, but I am a worm and not a man. And then in brackets, the altar says, and even that there are times we did talk about that the godly soul does become very aroused within them uh, to love God while the person's praying, for example. It's, it's not true truth and completely true. And how do we see that this isn't totally true, that like the godly soul totally takes control? Because after the person stops praying, this feeling leaves. And so, and as we spoke about previously in chapter 13, so, uh, so yeah, so basically, so the altar rep is saying that this this really, he's really bringing in this point that a, that a benoni is not a tariq and, um, and they should not mistake themselves for such. And so as such, a benoni's self-identification really is with their animal soul, really over and above their godly soul. And so this might sound like really depressing kind of, and it's like, what is the altar rep doing here that he just keeps bashing us and putting us down and everything. But I think what he's really doing, this is my take on it, is he's actually just bringing us down to earth and he's making us aware of who we are. And to not have this kind of like holier than thou self-righteousness about us and not to get too comfortable with our state of affairs. And I think it is something that's very important to recognize. And this is what the altar Rebbe is kind of teaching us that in order to grow as people and in order to become close to God, we need to recognize our flaws. We need to recognize our limitations. We need to recognize our inherent foibles and tendencies and what and the evil that while we may not be acting on right now we are actually capable of doing and that itself having that awareness is actually what's going to keep us in check and actually or help us keep us in check now the altar is going to take this a step further by speaking about uh, our past misdeeds our past sins and how this too can be a tool that can keep us humble when we think about all the things that we've done in the past and how there's this precept in mind to always remember, to never forget uh, the mistakes you made in the past, like which can also kind of keep you humble. And we'll see that indeed David HaMelech uh, had this saying that he would say, that my sins, meaning the sins of my youth, are, are before me always. He never forgot about his past misdeeds. So the altar says, and specifically when a person remembers the impurity uh, in their soul about the sins of their youth and the blemish that they made in the supernal worlds and which in the supernal worlds this is above time and so it says if he actually blemished and impurified on that day god forbid so even if this is something that you did in your youth that you did something let's say you did something very stupid in your youth and it was now you would never do such a thing the ultra is saying okay that's fine that now you would never do such a thing but on a high uh, like the supernal worlds are above time which means that there is some kind of blemish there and it says if you did that sin today in actuality and even if you already did chuva even if this person already did true chuva the righteous kind of the right kind of chuva but 
the main Shiva is in the heart. And in the heart, there are many different aspects and many different levels. And each thing is according, according to man and according to time and according to place, as is known to those who know. And thus now, at this time, when the person sees in themselves that the... If you're recognizing yourself that the light of your neshama is not shining within you. So again, if you're in this state, if a person's in this state where they're not feeling this passion of God, they're not having allowing this godly soul to shine within them, it could be. So it's, uh, two things are happening here. Either it, this is coming either from two possibilities is what the altar of it says. Either his tshuva, his repentance was not accepted and his sins are still separating him. Or what's the second option of what's happening is that it is wanted of him to rise up to an even higher level of repentance, a higher level of tshuva that comes from the depths of the heart, from the umka deliba, it's called, even more so. And this is why David HaMelech says in Tehillim, he said in Tehillim chapter 51, verse 5, so the, uh, which literally means my sin is constantly before me. So uh so David HaMelech basically always saw his sins in front of him even if he had already repented from them from them so that is the end of this section and I know I gave like a super long intro today so just quickly to sum it up is what we've learned today is this idea that even if a person is not doing anything wrong these days and they haven't sinned in a while they should never forget the sins of their youth. So never forget your humble beginnings. So just like when I am doing my yoga practice again, and I should never forget when I do a certain pose that might feel easy for me now, I should never forget the fact that it was once hard. You should never be so high on yourself to forget where you come from. And on a spiritual sense, this is so essential because it there is something in actuality that even if you did something a long time ago, and even if you repented from it, the fact that you are feeling a dullness in your heart right now may very well be coming from this this uh, these sins that you did in your youth. And it is possible, the altar of is saying, that your repentance was not accepted. Or even if it was accepted, maybe God is requiring of you and asking you to repent from an even deeper and higher place from the depths of your heart. So uh, that is it for today. Uh, in conclusion, I want to leave off with just like a little note about this whole section uh, because it might be getting you down. You know, the sound, this this episode was, was quite heavy. <laughs> you know, it's really uh, breaking us down to our rawest self, to our worst self, recognizing our worst self. And you might be asking yourselves, why is the ultra ever doing this? Like it seems, you know, really different than modern day psychology, really uh, different than what we're used to, this pep talk and building us up. So what's this all about? So I think the best way to understand this is by looking at this chapter in terms of the context, in terms of context. So if you recall, and you can go back a few episodes if you'd like a full review of this, what the premise of chapter 29 is all about is where you have somebody which is called a Benoni. So this is a person who never goes against the will of God. They don't ever transgress any of the commandments. They do everything right according to the letter of the law. So they're really a very obedient person and very observant person. However, they are feeling a blockage. They're feeling some kind of emotional blockage and they're not feeling passionate towards God when they pray or when they're involved in any kind of service. So there's this kind of like apathy that overtakes them. And this chapter is really advice that the altar Rebbe gives to such a person how to overcome this apathy and how to develop this more passion, this, this passion towards God. 
And as we've seen in today's episode, the advice that the Altar Rebbe gives is really in stark contrast to a lot of advice that we hear nowadays in a lot of self-help books, which the common mentality is this idea of if you're feeling down and out and or, or apathetic and not so great about your life or there's some kind of blockage, you really should come to this state of self-acceptance affirmations, look at yourself in the mirror every day and remind yourself how great you are and all of that kind of stuff. So the ultra, his method, his technique is really very different as we've seen where the ultra Rebbe takes the approach that in order to really develop a true relationship with God and to allow yourself to allow the passion of your godly soul to enter into you, you actually need to break yourself. And it's it's a very active process. It's not about just sitting back and accepting yourself as you are. It actually does require a lot of work and a lot of struggle. So these topics will be explored further and we'll continue to explore them as we get deeper into the Tanya. Uh, so hopefully this gave you a little bit of an insight into this process uh, and we will continue along these lines tomorrow and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.